Welcome to the UK Ravens podcast, the only official, unofficial Baltimore Ravens podcast from the United Kingdom. A wild card week, sorry, a super wild card weekend without the Ravens. Oh, God. Welcome back to the UK Ravens podcast. My name is Gaz Paul, and I am once again joined by my friends who I met on the internet, Ben Mortimer, Ian Devane, Shane Richmond, and J.O. himself, James Ogden. Welcome to the show, guys. How are we all doing? Is everybody well? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Look at this. We're we're out of, we're out we're out of sync already. It's it's the off season. We've not really got a show script to go. We're we're gonna have to change the way the pods put together, and, and none of us know what we're doing. So it feels weird just introducing you guys, sort of introducing the podcast, and then diving straight into the news. But I guess that's what we've got to do because not a lot's really happened. So. Shane, since the last recording, the All-Pro teams were announced and we have three Ravens players who have made it. Justin Tucker, Mark Andrews and Devin DuVernay as a returner. Yes, that's right. Um, that was what I was going to say. But uh, <laughs> yes, those are the, those are the Ravens All-Pros. Um, it's probably not that surprising given how many of the Ravens' big names were injured. There aren't that many people who were left standing who were in the running for an all-pro vote. Um, you can't leave Mark Andrews out. Uh, you can't leave Justin Tucker out, both two of the best at their position this season, two of the best at their position in the NFL. Um, Devin DuVernay has just been doing a great job uh, on the basis of his average return yardage, more than anything. He's just you know leading and part of a, a Ravens uh, leading special teams unit. They're generally rated uh, number one in the NFL on DVOA by Football Outsiders, and most people have that special teams unit as, as one of the best in the league. Uh, so Duvernay getting the nod there. Uh, and otherwise, like I say, there's not really anybody else you'd say missed out. It's not one of those seasons where you could say, well, why didn't they put so-and-so in? I mean, Kevin Zeidler had an outstanding year, but um, I don't know if we'd be saying he absolutely should have been an all-pro. Uh, and who else would, would you put in at this point, really? Yeah, Duvernay is interesting, isn't he? Because he's not someone that you sort of think back to the season and think, oh, all those kick returns for touchdowns. You know, it, it, it wasn't the case. It was just a case of having a guy who basically knows where he is on the field, has safe hands, knows basically how to make the most of the yardage available to him and doesn't generally cough it up. I think he may have had one muff this season, thinking back. Um, but other than that, it is actually very comforting. It's a bit like having not not as advantageous as having Tucker as kicker, but knowing that when it does come back, you've got a guy that's probably not going to screw it up too badly. And um, the Ravens have had their fair share of those over the years, so I think that was a a worthy uh, a worthy call for the uh, for the All Pro status as well for him. Just just and a also word for, for a while, the Ravens had nobody really as a as a sort of go to returner. They were kind of struggling to find somebody. But if you have someone who can get you consistently get you ten yards on a punt return, for example, that's one first down fewer that you have to get to to get into scoring range. So it does make a difference over the course of a season. Just a word for um, I mean, I know we're talking about all pros here, but I just wanted to just a word for Chris Horton, who's the um, special teams coordinator. He's in his third year now, I think, from taking over from Jerry Rosberg. And we were a little bit concerned that we're losing Rosberg, you know, that would, would be a little bit diff, a little bit of a difficulty. I know people aren't that interested in special teams, but there, there's always this thing about, oh, John Harbaugh's a special teams coach, so of course their special teams is good. Well, like, I think we should also give a bit of credit to Chris Horton because that unit has been historically good this year, um, just way better than the ne- even the next best unit um, in terms of special teams and I don't really ever hear his name mentioned. So, and re- returning kicks isn't something Duvernay did in college, is it? I think this is a sort of he was he was thrown in at camp, and, and he's sort of still learning on the fly. So, so fair play to him. Well done. And I think the fact that everyone said Duvernay correctly shows <laughs> we've come since the start of the podcast. So, James, speaking about all pros, the Ravens re-signed Kayvon Seymour. <laughs> <laughs> um, depth piece, I, I hope. Uh, yeah, he, he. I mean, I think it's a reserve futures contract, so it's just the Ravens do kind of lock up their guys so that they can get them back in the and in, um, in 
camp in in the in the fall. So to to get him, uh, like it's not a it's no kind of commitment or anything. It's just let's have him at camp and see if he can um, see if he's improved over the over the off season and uh, can stick. There's a number of guys that they've they've put on those contracts. So I've also heard the Ravens were fans of the Little Shop of Horror tweets <laughs> that were going out in UK Ravens. So that's kind of one of the reasons they brought him back. Uh, I managed to get I managed to get one out there. <clears throat> Suddenly, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, oh, sorry, that's really throwing me. Please keep listening. <laughs> yeah, please, please don't stop. Sorry, am I, am I bringing the level down? I apologise. <laughs> um, we have got, I believe Marcus Peters might be a cap casualty this season, so I think trying to keep the cornerback room a little bit fuller is... Obviously, we'd l- I wouldn't like to think of a world where we're starting Kayvon Seymour. I was going to say that. Seymour is in the Marcus Peters contingency plan. <laughs> it could be. We don't, we'll never know. <laughs> Last bit of news before we quickly go into the playoffs. So then we're going to talk some season highs and lows. Ian, Joe Hortiz, Director of Player Personnel, interviewing for the Giants General Manager job. Yeah, um, good, good luck to him. Uh, the Giants are a horrible organization, aren't they? But... There's only there's only 32 of these jobs out there, so you you can see why people want them. Um, he's been with the Ravens a long time. 1998, uh, he's he started. He was a member of the Ravens' famous 20 for 20 club, which if if people don't know, is 20 um, year olds who were earning 20,000 or or less under Ozzie Newsom put put these guys together. Um, I imagine he's he's earning considerably more than that now, um, and. Yeah, he's, he's, he seems to be quite high on the on the Giants' wants list, so uh, could could be one we're looking at losing there. This is this is one for the crowd uh, who think that the Ravens are a badly run organization, because this is the like lost count of how many organizations have tried to emulate what the Ravens do. So if Ortiz does get the job for the Giants, and apparently uh, the Mara ownership are intrigued by how the Ravens have managed to compete over and over again, and are looking at the fact that the Eagles gutted the Ravens scouting department six, seven years ago and then won a Super Bowl. And, you know, there's already Ravens South, uh, sorry, no, Ravens North. It is worth the North. Ravens North <laughs> going on at the New York Jets um, with, <laughs> with Joe Douglas. So it just, you know, it's yet another example of why this, this organization is a, is a good one to be a fan of. If you've ever watched one of those end of season press conferences, which Ozzy used to do, you'd have Steve Biscotti and Ozzy and John Harbour. Joe was that other guy that sat on the edge of the table that no one really knew who he was, but he was that important that he was always there. He he answered about one question a year, but that's that's who that guy is. You've got to think if he wants that GM job, as you say, it, it, that GM job isn't going in Baltimore. So if that's what his career is. Um, striving for it, it's good. Unfortunately, we have to go find it somewhere else, and and that is one of the downsides to having such a, a strong organisation that, as you guys say, bring people through. And we're going to lose these characters, and we can just hope that if he gets the job, good luck to him. I wouldn't like to take it, uh, and we hope we we'll get someone who is just as good who, who takes his place. Okay, let's move into the playoffs a little bit. We're not going to go through all the playoffs i'm sure anyone who listens to this podcast listens to numerous nfl podcasts and already know all about the playoffs i feel like we should just touch on a couple of teams ben the pittsburgh steelers get embarrassed in wildcard weekend i'm sort of glad it wasn't us in that position if i'm being honest 42 to 21 versus kansas city and that is the end of big ben yeah, see you. Um, <laughs> not, I don't think any of us are too. I don't know. I mean, I've seen some people on on social media saying, you know, he was a great warrior and will miss the rivalry. I won't. He's a, <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he, I mean, it was it was good compete. It, it was there were some classic matchups, and obviously we had you know, Nata breaking his nose and Suggs taking him down and Bart Scott taking him down over the years. But um, uh, on a you know, for me with. Roethlisberger on a pers- on a personal level, I can't really get beyond the uh, what occurred with him um, in the bathrooms of nightclubs and things like that. So <laughs> I am um, no, I'm sorry, sorry, guys. I'm not. You know, I think it's well documented, and he wasn't a nice guy, and, and sort of feigning this um, this praise on the guy um, for admittedly some good things on the field. Although it's worth remembering, you know, they say the two two Super Bowls. I mean, did you watch that first Super Bowl with him in? It was 
it was all defense, as is often the case with the Steelers. He was awful. I think he had was it two interceptions that game? Did he throw? Did, did he throw a touchdown in that first one? I don't know. I remember the the, the refs tended to want to win it for the Seattle Seahawks. So anyway, apart from all that, <laughs> um, the uh, the Steelers did lose the other night. Uh, I think the Ravens probably would have put up a better fight than the Steelers did. I, I think it, it was proof that we did again massively shoot ourselves in the foot in the last game of the season against the Steelers. As we said before the game, we were even with injuries, a better team at the end of the season than the Steelers were. We just couldn't execute and get that um, you know, those crucial conversions in the red zone uh, the week before last. But um, yeah, they weren't looking good. They somehow got a seven-point lead um, on a uh, on, on a fumble return by JJ Watt. Sorry, TJ Watt. Um, but then it all went wrong, and, and they were exposed. Well, you know, they had a very weak secondary, and, and uh, it was twenty-one-seven before the half, and, and that was it for them. So I think everyone had predicted a blowout. I think it showed that the uh, extra team maybe isn't such a good idea in the playoffs for a super wildcard weekend in that the quality was very poor in the majority of the games. Um, but yeah, it's it's good night, Pittsburgh. They have a uh, lower draft pick than us and they're sitting on the couch this weekend. So all is right with <laughs> Feeling way better about was, was that too harsh? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I, I expected nothing less from you, man. <laughs> nothing less. <laughs> so another team who we always like to see get hammered and leave the playoffs early. Shane, the New England Patriots also got quite the scene to buy Buffalo. Yeah, and we don't get to see that very often, really. Their record in the playoffs is um, pretty consistently strong. But as Ben said, the the games were pretty underwhelming. There were four blowouts, um, and in the two the two games that were within a score, uh, I think the Raiders were the only losing team who actually led at any point. Uh, so they were all pretty one sided. But for the Patriots. 47-17 they lost, and it wasn't even that close, honestly. Um, down 27-3 at the half, and it was basically all over. Um, rookie QB kind of coming a cropper in the playoffs, I suppose. Um, but um, after, I think a lot of people kind of felt like after their year uh, out of the playoffs, Bill Belichick had kind of reassembled his forces and was going to storm his way to the Super Bowl. And I kind of thought that as well, to be honest. I sort of thought... Belichick against Brady in the Super Bowl just seems like one of those things that just would happen. Um, but uh, there's clearly not enough quality there yet for the Patriots. And the Bills showed that they are every bit as dangerous as as people uh, have been warning us. I mean, it's been a weird season in the AFC where there was this continual parade of the best team in the division and then they were kind of overtaken by the next best team because they fell flat on their face and the Ravens were one of those teams as well that had the the number one seed at one point and then and then fell away. So the Bills had their little flurry early in the season and then seemed to drop away. But they are they're obviously um firing on all cylinders now. So Patriots go home, Bills go on to the next one. And uh I think of the two teams, I mean the Bills fans were pretty good to to the Ravens after the loss last year. So I don't really have a problem with that. I feel still feel a bit bad for them, the four Super Bowl defeats in the nineties. I don't yeah, I'm quite happy with the Bills progressing, I think. It's great that um Bart Scott's um magic pills that he prescribed for the Buffalo Bills worked out really well in the cold. Viagra, you see that? Wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he when he was playing uh, when it was a particularly cold game, uh, loads of players would take Viagra because it f- helps the circulation. Stiffens up, stiffens up the defense. <laughs> so, Is that what you're calling it? So when he when he when he took down Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs, he he did it with uh, something between his pants. <laughs> Just a few notes on this Buffalo game. Um, interesting that first of all, fantastic all the videos coming out of um, Fitz Magic topless in the stands with woolly gloves on <laughs> perfect like everything about that it was the first time in nfl history i believe where the team was perfect never hit th- did they even hit third down i just never hit fourth down i think if it, which whichever one they ever I got to fourth they didn't, down they didn't seven drives seven touchdowns seven drives yeah, seven touchdowns so out of a possible 42 points that could have been scored they scored all 42 
And I got that stat from the around the, uh, no, sorry, 47. Sorry. <laughs> they could have scored 49 points, but they actually scored 47 because Tyler Bass makes two extra points. Oh, well. <clears throat> you can't get the kickers these well, days, I got as, that, as we've heard. I got that bad piece of information from the Around the NFL podcast, which I just wanted to call out. I've listened to today. And there is... The, the new thing with the Around the NFL podcast is they have these like two 30-second adverts on the start, which... First of all, it's really annoying because I used to like putting the a podcast on and straight away getting that beat drop. I'm, I'm a jingle person, so I want to hear the jingle straight away. But there's, you're not a jingle person. I, I am. I, I do like a soundboard. Yeah, I do actually like a soundboard. But they've they've started highlighting this new show, and I was that annoyed by the show I couldn't even remember the name. But they must have recorded this twelve like six months ago, and in like the highlights for what we'll talk about on the show is, is talking about an AFC team. And it's like, yeah, they're good. They're just they're just not up there with the top teams in the AFC like Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cleveland. I'm, like, I'm not going to listen to your podcast. That is, the, that is the worst analysis I've ever heard of. That's bizarre. August would like its takes back, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I assume it must have been recorded in August and they're now only getting around to playing the advert, but I just want to call that out as the, the worst advert ever. So, back onto the players. That leads us to two games in the AFC. Bengals at Titans. We've had our running with both of these teams, guys. Where are we? Who who do you want to see come out on top here? Well, you didn't talk about the Bengals. Oh, sorry. When yet? Sorry, gotta... I got that. I was that. I was that concerned about this advert and this jingle that I, <laughs> I've completely forgot. So sorry, James. The Bengals boo twenty six nineteen over the Raiders, who could have won it at the end. Yeah, they really could have. <laughs> this was a lot closer than. That I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. It was close in it was close in the regular season. So the Raiders did match up pretty well with with the Bengals. We can't forget this is a matchup league, and and um, that Raiders team does match up pretty well. It was a shame they got very close uh, to dumping that Bengals team out, but it was just just a little bit too just a bridge too far for for Derek Carr and that offense. Which is like I said, it, it is a shame. <laughs> but um, and a bit uh, of a yeah. clock management mess up at the end as well i mean it's not been there's another i mean we're not really talking about the nfc games but there was another clock management nightmare at the end of the cowboys game as well it's one of these things where you just think do coaches not do they not practice do they not think this stuff through it's a close league this stuff you're going to come down to needing a possession to win and i know we've seen you know taking delay of game and with goal to go as well it's not like the, the ravens do this perfectly but it's incredibly frustrating the thing, just um, one thing from for me with the Bengals, like I know we're not we're not a podcast that's a huge fan of the Bengals, but I do like the job that um, Lou Anarumo, who's their defensive coordinator, has done. I thought he did a really good job this weekend as well, keeping the Raiders to to nineteen points. If you'd have told the Raiders before the game that they'd have kept Burrow's offense to to twenty six, they'd have probably been pretty happy and thought, yeah, we can get out with something out of this. Uh, but you know, the, that Bengals defense is is very good, and and. Expose the 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 weakness on the on the be- on the Raiders um, team, which is that which is that offensive line. Um, outside of a, you know the guys on the left, the guys on the right really struggle, and and the Bengals expose that. I mean, for a second, that towards the end, you could nearly hear the bums squeaking in the seats in Cincinnati, couldn't you? Because I mean, they were in control for quite a while in the game. I mean, the Raiders were hanging around, but when they were in contention to at least, I mean, at that point, it, it would have been a touchdown and a point to tie and go to overtime, I think, wouldn't it, at the end? Um, you kind of just felt that people were thinking, ooh, 30, 30 years, and, and they were thinking back to never mind and things like that as well as, as Shane was talking about. They're all writing out over that the very line. first text message and just waiting to press send. I wonder how many had to just delete <laughs> yeah. a few characters and like, oh, tight out too early. <laughs> but, you know, it's it, it would be remiss not to say, okay, well done. Because you know they've they've waited a long time for it. Division rivals, they've they've got their win. Congrats! Did it take an errant whistle from a referee to win it? Maybe, but that's not for us to judge. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll move swiftly on from that into the game. I tried to get to five minutes ago before I skipped this bit out. Bengals at Titans. So I asked the question again. We've had our run-ins with both these teams over the years. Who do we want to see win? Difficult Ooh. to pick this one. And, yeah, you know, somebody, a friend of mine always says, like, when it's teams that you 
don't like, you kind of want them to go as far as possible so it's more painful when they inevitably lose. Like you ultimately, with a team you really don't want, so you really don't like, you want them to lose the Super Bowl. But then you've got the risk that they're in the Super Bowl and they might win the thing. I mean, basically, this is the matchup between the teams I would like to lose the uh, championship game, whichever one it is. Yeah. The, the thing for me is, like, I think I would prefer to watch a Bengals versus either Bills or Chiefs AFC championship game, which is why I'll probably side with the Bengals. I, I dislike I, I dislike the Titans <laughs> anyway, but I just feel like um, a Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, or a Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes AFC Championship game would be a would be something to see. So it, it, it's a shame it's worked out like this, and and the Titans have somehow stole that 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 one seed because everyone wants to see the Bills and the Chiefs, don't they? As the sort of championship game, um, and I think a lot of people are going to be on on this this game as I, I couldn't care less who wins it. Really, it doesn't interest me at all. For me, it's tough because the Titans um, as a team historically against the Ravens and an organisation um, have been fairly, very dislikable. Um, not a lot of redeeming features really in any of our historical matchups with them and, and there's a lot of sort of nastiness in the games too. Um, having been to Nashville, there were some of the nicest, most hospitable home fans I've ever come across. So I kind of, and I really like barbecue and live music too. So, um, so kind of Nashville as a place I really like and I like their fans um, in Nashville. Uh, I don't like them on online, but then also don't like Bengals fans online as well because they've been quite mouthy this last year. So, um, all said and done, I think I'd still side with you on saying probably the Bengals in a pinch because I think the Bills are better than them both anyway. Um, and if they can overcome the Chiefs, which I think they will, but um, I think um, I think that it'll be the Bills to the Super Bowl against either of them anyway. Um, so. Yeah, let's let's go Bengals for me. There's a Ravens. There's another Ravens angle to this that I think we need to consider as well, though, which is if Joe Burrow gets to a championship game, the Burrow versus Lamar takes are going to be unbearable for at least the next year. Oh, God, not thought at least, that. and that's I mean that gets him to a championship game. He could then even go to a Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know. I'm worried about the takes, guys. I think it could be a problem. Oh, I see it. You throw me there because I was I was right with James. Of I think I want to see the Bengals go play the Bills or Chiefs because I think we're going to get a better AFC Championship game of how it's going to look. I think the Titans are just going to try and run the ball and and it's going to be very low scoring and hard hitting. And I think I'd want to see that. But oh yeah, you've you've spun me there. We we may have to get used to that. So it might be better to just rip the plaster off because <laughs> I do feel like he's gonna he's you know. He is special, unfortunately. I think we've we've touched on the other game. I don't think there's. I think we're all on the Bills side of this one. But Ian mentioned that everyone wants this is the AFC Championship game. Maybe we should just be grateful that we're getting it, and it's it's going to be the game of the weekend, probably, isn't it? I think so, and I think, I mean, I, I don't. The, the Chiefs are, are an excellent team and, you know, Mahomes is an excellent QB. I don't have anything against them particularly, but it would be nice to not have the third Super Bowl in a row from the same AFC team. So it'd be quite nice to have the Bills there instead. I think that Bills pass defense will be really, really interesting this week. They, they were so good against the Patriots and, and Leslie Frazier has been great there for, for a couple of years. I just... I, yeah, the Chiefs the Chiefs passing offense is not what it once was. And so it'll be it will be just it's Mahomes' biggest challenge. So it, it'll be really interesting to to watch that matchup between those those two. The most annoying thing about the matchup is the fact that it kicks off at eleven thirty on Sunday night. Oh, is that the late game? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They put the bad ones on early and the good ones on late, as they would do because it's prime yeah. time. So never mind. I think of all the teams in the final four, it's the Bills I want to see in the Super Bowl from the AFC. I'd like the NFC to win a, regardless. It's a, yeah, it's a process of elimination, isn't it? I mean, we hate it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it didn't take, me, it didn't take a lot, much working out for me to come to that conclusion, I'll be honest. <laughs> I looked into it. Okay, so let's go over some Ravens season highs and lows then. So we'll go around the virtual room we've got in front of us. We'll all put in our favorite high. 
And then we'll put in our least favorite low, favorite low, a selected low, and we'll have a little bit of a chat about it. So I've got in this Riverside FM, give you a shout out. We never tell anyone where we record this. I've got some transitions, guys. Would you like transition five or transition two? Come what are we thinking? You can tell the Ravens are out of the playoffs. Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone? Can we have transition? Transition two, two. Okay. Let's go into highs and lows. Oh, that was terrible. I thought it'd be like some sort of musical intro. I quite like, I like that one, one dear. Okay. So <laughs> highs and lows. Ben, seeing as you liked that one, I'm going to come to you first. What is your high from the Ravens season? Well, Gaz, um, my high would be the uh, the Browns game at home. And this is a personal high, I suppose, more than uh, just a generally objective season high in that I was actually at the game. And so as I bored you all about several weeks ago, and I'm going to do again now, um, it was a culmination of, for me of being back in Baltimore at a game, which was wonderful after a year of lockdown and, and all that stuff and pandemics and et cetera, et cetera. I thought the game itself, uh, despite the fact that I was there, I mean, I watched it back since, was just a fantastic AFC North ding-dong where there was loads of mistakes and uh, and um, annoyed people um, and, and, a re- and a really, really kind of passionate home crowd, which, again, was uh, not something I'd heard at M&T back for seasons. I mean, I've been back probably about once a season since you know 2011 when I moved back from Baltimore and it was the the loudest I'd heard it, um, even probably compared to the Titans playoff game that I went to in, in 2020. Um, uh, it was just, it was a great atmosphere and the crowd were really into it. They were really loud on defense. Um, we had some ridiculous moments in the game. We had the Mark Andrews, you know, pass interference, but still caught it one-handed anyway because he's badass Andrews. Uh, I think I said, said Andrews, but catch. Um, and... Uh, there was some um, yeah, big hits on defense. We we really sort of got got into Baker Mayfield's head, and there was kind of a feeling throughout the game that we wouldn't lose it, even though it was close throughout. And we managed to close it out in really good fashion. They put Ray on the scoreboard as well, so it kind of brought the old school stuff in there too. And everyone was really happy, so it was an enjoyable evening. And then kind of to you know put a cap on that, it was also our last win of the season, which at the time none of us realized at eight and three that would be it. And we'd finish up eight and nine at the end of it. So um, I think it was kind of a um, a high point, literally, for the Ravens, um, and uh, and it all kind of went a bit downhill from there. But yeah, it was great, and tailgate was great. So I'll uh, I'll, I'll go Browns home. I think you're right. I think it was a literal high point. We said what are your season high points? I think that literally is the high point of the entire season, isn't it? That's we climbed the mountain to the end of that Browns game and. And what that was, and then slid very quickly down the other side. So it was it was good that you were there, and yeah, I can imagine what it felt like coming out of that stadium at eight and three. I believe we have been at the top of the AFC as we as you came out of the stadium as well, then, Ben. Yeah, I think we were number one seed coming out of there at eight and three at that that weekend. Uh, maybe it was that weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, so Ian, let's come to you then. What is your high point of the Raven season. So my my high point of the season was was very early, as I, I guess most people would would guess. Um, it was Ravens thirty six, Kansas thirty five, and it was it was a night game. So I, I was staying up on Twitter. We'd had the what two three losses to them in in the previous previous years, and I, th- I think going into the season, everyone thought maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year we we win this one against Kansas. Against, against Kansas, yeah, and 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 we came out week week one and got absolutely splattered, didn't we? And I think everyone on the podcast then went, "Oh, that's it. None of us picked none of us picked the Ravens to win this game." Um, we had the the Chiefs fan on uh, who, who told us all, all <laughs> the ways the Chiefs told us all the ways the Chiefs were going to beat us and stroll to the Super Bowl without losing a game. Uh, and I think we all we all left that recording pretty pretty down and flat, and then and then it came to the game and we and we hang with Kansas all the way through. Uh, it looks looks like we're going to win it, and then it looks like it might be that same old heartbreak again. The the Chiefs driving down the field to to win the game, and who who comes up with a play but our, our oh fav- man, there he is, our our favourite first round rookie 
he punches the ball out, recovers it himself. And it must have been about 4am. So I'm watching the game on my own downstairs. Wife's asleep. I'm jumping around the living room, like silent punch in the air, um, trying not to make a sound. And then I realised that the game's not over. We still need a first down here. And and three running plays, we, we don't get there. Are we going to go for it and fourth down? And we all know what happened later in the season with all the two-point conversions and the, the sort of going for it and it, and it all not working out. But it did this time and we, and we beat Kansas. And I'm going to keep calling them Kansas because I tweeted something the other day and it really upset the Kansas City fans. I didn't put the city on the end and I got loads of people in, in my mentions telling me that Kansas and Kansas City are two completely different places. So from now on, KC is Kansas to me and they always will be. Oh, <laughs> It's so petty, I love it. That, that, that guy, I mean, I'm sure we'll have him on next season. Do we play them next season? I'm not sure we do play them next no, season. Not, no, we won't not play them next season. The we won't speak to them. For, well, hopefully we'll see them in the players. If not, we won't speak to them for another year. But it'd be really nice to see how that 20 you know, season is entire podcast jingle and intro and, <laughs> and life was based around. It'd be interesting to speak to him to see how that goes. I'm saying that now, as you know, my reputation of this podcast, I'm probably going to go on and win the Super Bowl and I still have something to gloat about. But yeah, that was a... A high point in the the season. In it, it was nice for five minutes, wasn't it? It was nice to shut them up just for just for that that week at least. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Shane, what have you got? Well, I think overall, I mean, obviously, we're all disappointed not to make the playoffs, and we're disappointed that uh, we didn't uh, have the opportunity to to compete for a Super Bowl. But this was actually a pretty memorable season for lots of reasons. I mean, it's there were a lot of incredibly close games there were a lot of even the defeats were were really exciting and if you it's kind of hard to step back as and sort of view it as dispassionately as you can but um when i was at the packers game in december i kind of left that game feeling like actually i've, I've watched a really good game it wasn't the the right outcome but it was it was a really good game and i saw a really entertaining team fight as hard as possible with uh, almost all of their big names out. So there's quite a lot of memorable stuff to pick, but um, mine isn't that surprising. I'm going for the the comeback win over the Colts, um, which was it, was, it was just extraordinary to be down 19 points as they were at one point, 22 to three, uh, and then down again, 25 to nine. And they managed to come back. It was an astonishing game for Marquise Brown, caught a 43-yard touchdown and then caught the winner in overtime. And I think a lot of people were kind of down on how Marquise ended the season. Uh, Certainly without Lamar Jackson, he was getting uh, fewer looks than he had been. But at the beginning of the season, he had some really phenomenal games and really looked like he'd taken a leap forward. Um, It was also an incredible game for, for Lamar as a passer. Week after week at that early part of the season, we were saying uh, Lamar's had his best game as a passer. And then the next week we'd be saying he had his best game as a passer. Um, He seemed to be growing and taking huge strides. It was another amazing game for Mark Andrews, who was probably the one Raven who was outstanding from start to finish of the season. Um, And he caught two touchdown passes in that game. And the Ravens converted to two-point conversions, which... By the way, the season finished, you would not have predicted happening. So to take that from, from trailing 22-3 to winning 31-25, it's a, an astonishing game. And I think it's one that we're going to look back on for years to come as an absolute classic. I'm sat here with like a little smirk on my face. The listeners won't be able to see this. In hindsight, we should maybe done the lows first, shouldn't we? I'm, like, this is, I'm, I'm only just starting to realise this, that we're going to go through all the high points of the season and then leave the podcast listeners with a sour taste in the mouth. But yeah. That is the way the season went as well. Though, <laughs> well, so exactly. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is yeah very much a high and low season. And it's it almost feels like when you talk about all these points, the win, the win in Kansas City, the the comeback win over the call. It feels like that wasn't this season because it was all so front-loaded. It feels like that was last year and this season's been an absolute disaster. So I'm glad we've done this to to bring some positivity back into the room. James, what have you got? Uh, mine's, mine's a personal one as well, like Ben's. Um, so I was lucky enough to get out to the States this year as well. And uh, so on the I landed in Chicago on the Friday night before the Bears game. Had a... Um, yeah, I love Chicago as a city. I was in a nice hotel in the city cent- city center. Um, 
you know, the next day woke up, went out to to South Bend to to go and watch some college football. Drove in a massive pickup truck out there. The uh, the hour and a half it is from Chicago out there. The car hire place upgraded me, <laughs> which is very nice. Got back to Chicago, had a lovely evening. Got up in the morning, sort of had a walk around Chicago, which again is a city I love. I was walking out through Grant Park with um with Lake Michigan to the left. This is a great, this is just great. And I looked at my phone and Lamar Jackson was out of the, the game for the against the Bears. <laughs> I thought, oh, I've come all this way. And I'm not even gonna see Lamar. Um I had seen him play before it's in live in person. I'd seen him play against Buffalo in his first game uh, as a rookie uh, in the first game of the season a few years ago, but he played about three snaps uh, in that package they had for a while while Flacco was still quarterback. So I was kind of thinking, kind of a bit, you know, this is rubbish and uh, got into the stadium and the the game wasn't particularly good, but it was the, the high point for me was clearly the, the end where <laughs> there were, you know, it was, it was pretty bad for Chicago Bears fans anyway. They were pretty they were pretty devastated about the state of their team. And for a split second, you know, and it was virtually like a couple of minutes, they had some joyous hope from a from a wonderful late late <laughs> score that got them to take the lead. It was you know, there was a party in Chicago, they were loving it. And then Tyler Hundley with the dagger to to their hearts with the with that deep completion late. Uh, and me and a Ravens fan next to me, who I didn't know, celebrated <laughs> amidst all of the Bears fans. Not too hard. Tried not to, to rub it in too much. And then we got all the 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 entire stadium shouting "Fire Nagy," which was which wow. is great, and abuse being well, shouted. You, you and the other Ravens fan just got the entire stadium. <laughs> yeah, Fire just Nagy. just for the <laughs> for the long. <lols. laughs> so and then I had a lovely evening in Chicago. So it, that was great, and it's a personal one. But I think it also shows the kind of the li- a little bit of the story of the season, really, which I, I think for me is you know the kind of next man up sort of philosophy that the Ravens have had for years. This season has been kind of the ultimate playing out of that and remaining competitive even amidst the very best players dropping down and and ending up really with a third string team uh, in lots of games and and still beating some 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 NFL some functional NFL teams as much as the Bears would want to would want to claim otherwise. That their team isn't if there's a better metaphor for the luck we've had on the podcast since starting it this year, you flying all the way to Chicago for Tyler Huntley versus Andy Dalton is is, pro- is probably is probably it. It's not. I don't think that was the, quite the game you thought you were going out to see. Okay, um, I've got a I, I've got a few on the on the board still left. I had Huntley goes toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers for some reason. I went by dates. I wrote all the dates down. I know the dates are important, but when I was sort of getting my board ready, I wrote all the dates down. So nineteenth of December, Huntley goes toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. I had Ravens beat the Chiefs on the twentieth of September two thousand twenty one, which OA man was born. Now, we already had the OA man jingle. We'd already sort of thrown that in the podcast a bit, but I think that's when it really came to life. I am very, very surprised that nobody took the 26th of September 21. Can anyone tell me what happened on the 26th of September? I'm assuming Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker, 66-yard field goal, two UK Ravens meetups we got on the... That's the, a great one. That has to be the, yours, Kevin. the Ravens video. And then I've got just one other. Um, the 27th of the 7th, 2021. This is a soppy one. Can anyone remember what that is? Was it our first it's podcast? First time we all sat down to record. It wasn't the release day. We didn't release until the third, but on the 27th of the 7th was the first time we all sat down and did the recording. Yes, 26th of September 2021, Justin Tucker struts out to break Detroit's hearts one more time. I was going to say one last time, but it probably isn't going to be. <laughs> we might be sending him out there for a 68-yarder in another three years, four years. I don't know. This extra game's thrown me for when we'll next see Detroit. Just amazing. Again, another meetup day, coincidentally. So we were in... Where were we? Oh, sorry, we were in Leeds, me and you, Ben, weren't we? The we're, box. In the box we're in the at box at Leeds. Um, mm. First time we'd got together with everyone for, we'd not done any of the meetups last year. Really good to get everyone. We had an, 
Sorry, Ian, I know your experience wasn't as nice, but we had an awesome room with air conditioning and a large screen, plenty of seating, cold flowing beer. and Two beers. For that, <laughs> two for beer, that passion, two well. beers. Um, just, yeah, a really good day. The game was looking tight. We thought, what on earth have we done? We've brought all these guys together in Leeds to watch this Ravens game and we're somehow going to lose to this lousy Lions team who, to be fair, did go on to be competitive in pretty much all of their games. So we can't look down on them too much. And for me, it'll always be that video of the two like local Detroit radio guys in the booth and the guy just like, 66 yards, get out of here, Justin Tucker. <laughs> and it's... Is other guy is like, this is the Lions. He's, he's probably going to make this. And yeah, being in that room, arms around Ben, just watching that ball go up. It hits the crossbar. We all think, oh, he's just missed. It's it's fallen short. It's fallen into the end zone. All of a sudden, those two little zebras from each side of the sticks come forward with their hands up. And I'm sure it was, well, I know it was the same in London from the video, but Ben Leeds just absolutely erupted, didn't it? pandemonium it was wonderful and actually if you look back you do see because that angle was deceiving and you couldn't see straight away it had gone through if you look you see it hit the actual netting behind but none of us could take that in at that (laughs) point so it required (laughs) the hands to go up um for it and then yeah it was just instant pandemonium and as you can see from the video in london as well it was the same and i think this is why we we this is why we, we follow the Ravens and we follow the sport and we do what we do when we stay up late. It's for moments like that that you just you have to milk and appreciate because especially, you know, I was saying to my wife last week, because I'm also a Newcastle fan, as I mentioned, you know, neither of my teams have had a win this year. I mean, actually, since about November. Um, and I just said to her last Sunday, I, I just want, a win you know it's just, you, you, you just it's kind of sucking the life force out of you every weekend and when you get like a an impactful one the last second one like that you just can't beat that feeling can you yeah no, absolutely it was it was stunning my absolute favorite memory of the season and looking forward to doing it all again with all of you in leeds manchester london and many other places next season and from that high let's Try Transition 5 and we'll go into the lows. Let's see what Transition 5's got to offer. Not too dissimilar from Transition 2, was it? <laughs> it sounded a lot like Transition 2. It sounded a lot like... I think a bit more echo maybe, but yeah, that was basically it. I think we need some sad music in the background for this segment, Gaz. I mean, you know, like they used to do the... I, mean, oh, this is, I, think, I think only one, one of us will remember this, but there used to be a segment, was it on Radio 1 or Radio 2? Was it, was it Gary? It was one of the DJs and he used to do like the sad stories. It was uh, Simon Bates. It was, Simon it was Bates. our tune on Simon Bates where he had that. This, yeah. Shame I can't remember what that. it was. Yeah, this... Um... But it was, I always thought there was going to be a punchline, but it was always just a genuinely depressing yeah. story. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. it was the weirdest thing because it was like morning Radio 1 yeah. in the 80s and maybe the early 90s and somebody would write in with this story of like, um, you know, a man that she met and fell in love with and they went out and then um, he was run over by a bus and <laughs> yeah, sent to by hospital a and and they didn't think he was going to make it but the doctors pulled him through and, and he came home and it was the happiest day but then the hospital called to say actually they found in the test that he really got cancer um, and it was, it was incredible. And this wow. would go on for about 15 minutes with this sad music underneath. Like, what? And then he goes, and anyway, here's a new one from Bucksfield. Yeah, why was that? <laughs> <laughs> so Bucksfield, bizarre. anyway. What a pull. <laughs> <laughs> Bucksfield. Incredible. Okay. Ben, let's come to, to you first. I think you're going to talk about the um, Lamar Jackson injury, are you not? Yeah, that, it's, I'll go Lamar, because uh, it was. it's an obvious one. But And, and I think... There's another one coming up later that I'd also agree with. But um, I think with Lamar going down, it's, it's mixed in with a bit of personal uh, you know, memories too. In that it was our second meetup and it was the big London meetup. And it was, uh, it was, it was you know, in Hammersmith. And you know, they started badly because 
our trains were delayed, <laughs> so that didn't help. So it started feeling pretty low at that point anyway. Um, we'd lost Marlow the previous game and also... <laughs> I love this one. Sorry. <laughs> okay, can we, can we fade it down a bit, Gaz? It's... <laughs> Um, so I'm having, I'm already the felt, time. Sorry about that. It already felt like we were in decline quite badly at that point. Um, but you know, when you have Lamar, you have a chance. I think that was our mantra throughout, even despite all the, the, the issues. And, and we talked about the Colts game earlier on and the other comebacks that we'd had. It was kind of, you know, Lamar never quits. And, you know, if you got him, you got a chance. And uh, my train was delayed two hours. So I didn't get there till near the end. I think it was in the second quarter I arrived, and I'd and and I was on the tube, so I'd I'd been following what was going on. But at that point, on my ESPN tracker, Lamar was still in the game. I get to Hammersmith's. You come down like you're basically greeting me <laughs> like a I don't know a police officer knocking at the door to deliver some news. <laughs> can, I, can I take you outside, Ben? I got some something to tell you. And he said Lamar's out, and I went and and I looked at the score, and we were already down. I don't know, a couple of scores by then. <laughs> <laughs> and I had maybe an hour and a half before I had to get the train back to York because of the last one home. So, so that was pretty low anyway. Um, and then we proceeded to kind of get soundly beaten throughout the game um, to, until the point where we didn't. And we actually came back and it got to a point where we thought, holy, holy cow, we could actually do this. So, um, unfortunately, you know, so, and some people were sneaking a peek at the TVs that were slightly ahead of our main feed, which was a bit disconcerting. <laughs> but I think some of us realized um, before we didn't convert the fourth down that we hadn't converted the fourth down and the game was over, at which point it was just a massively flat feeling because, you, again, you looked around like we were talking about for the Detroit game and you thought, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> all these people have come out here. We once again, second week in a row, have, have blown the chance of of a win that we probably, you know, maybe didn't deserve in the scheme of the game, unlike at Pittsburgh. But um, but it's a shame we haven't won it. And also Lamar's out. We don't know how long for. And as we know now, he didn't come back. And you could argue that that point on a Ravens level was really, really the straw that broke a camel's back because some of those subsequent games, you know, were, were decided by a score, decided by a missed two-point or, you know, whatever, an, an inability to stop an offense, uh, which isn't Lamar's job, but we might have had enough points to actually overcome that anyway. So we only needed those one or two more wins to maybe make the playoffs. Not that it maybe would have done us any good, but I think that was the ultimate dagger in the heart was Lamar going down. And then again, as far as a low, I also contracted COVID at that meetup and that knocked out my Christmas. So, so, so all of those things puts it as a sound downer for me <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't wasn't great um, that's a pretty strong case isn't it for, that altogether yeah. what was really weird about that night is as you, as you say we sort of again we had that roller coaster and it ended on a bit of a downer you were off on your train to york as soon as the game was um the last nail was in the coffin and very quickly said bye to everyone and then everyone sort of like hung around for a bit a few people just were like i just want to go home and then everyone sort of hung around a bit and it ended the night with me james and a couple of the other guys staying but then where we were turned into this really weird nightclub so all of a sudden there's four of us sat in the middle of a full-on nightclub there was only about six to ten people in there dancing all the screens had like oh, just weird like psychedelic things on like used to go on itunes but back in the day apart from one singular 27 inch screen that they put red zone on for us and it was james wasn't it just the oddest thing well, to be? i mean i was just incredulous with rage when they when they started the when they started the 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 music for the for the nightclub and turned the screens off on red zone which were on mute anyway and put on mtv <laughs> on mute they had different music why not just leave why not just leave the games on there's there's four sad guys here sat in raven shirts like clearly and there's only like seven people dancing so just leave the games on like 
for anyone who didn't come, you should know there were there were no less than sixty five screens in this pub. Like they could have very, very easily just assigned one, and they did. To be fair to them, assigned one to Red Zone. So we stayed and had a few beers in the middle of this really weird club and and watched the the end of the late game. So yes, it was a low. I, I mean, I still enjoyed myself. I was. Um, with friends, didn't get COVID, and had some had some <laughs> some nice beer. So overall, it was a okay evening for me. So we've had our first low of an injury. I've got a feeling we might have a couple more coming. Ian, what do you have? Yeah, I think there's there's going to be a theme here, isn't there? Again, mine was was early in season. Um, this one was was in the preseason, and it was on that lovely field out in Washington where people go to die. And um, J.K. Dobbins went down with hold, holding his knee. I think he was only in the game for about three snaps. Um, and it, it wasn't even on a running play. It was on a screen pass. I don't, I'm not sure how many people remember that. He catches a screen pass, takes it up the field, takes a hit and straight away goes goes down holding his knee. And you just knew straight away. Uh, even the Washington players are sort of waving the the training staff on, um, and it, it that was just such a low for me. I had such high hopes for Dobbins. I thought he was going to have an absolute monster year in in this offense. I just thought he was going to he was going to go crazy. Um, he would have been the lead guy. I think obviously Gus Gus was there as well before before his injury, but I think Dobbins would have just taken taken over this year. Um, I know we've talked about. We've talked about his comeback, and and I and I hope he can get back to a hundred percent and and really show what he can do because this this guy was special in college. He's he's a seriously good player, and and the Ravens missed him hugely this year, and and, and that was such a low point for me just just watching him and and knowing how hard he'd worked in the off season. I, you go and follow his social media, you you could you could see the work he'd put in, and how ready he was to go, and like I say, he played two or three snaps in the preseason and. And that's what happened. And I don't blame Harbaugh for it. I think you've got to let your guys have a go. He was in there for a series, and, and he'd have come out. But you know, these these things happen. Um, no one, no one goes out to hurt anybody. But, but these things, these things happen. And that was my my low point for the season. You can hear the sadness in your voice, Ian. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I, I sent him a little DM on on Twitter, just sort of saying pretty much what I've said there like I'm so sorry for you I you know I I I knew you were going to have a big year this year and and all he sent back was a little purple heart and that just yeah a little little tear (laughs) on that um on the Washington the Washington field that's claimed so many I don't know if people saw recently there was the uh uh, the there were some people leaning over to try and get a autograph with with Jalen Hurts as he was running out of the stadium, and the railings on the on the seats collapsed, and all like about twenty people fell on fell out of the stands and onto the floor at Jalen Hurts' feet. And I saw a thing on Twitter recently with a picture of all of the different injuries that have happened on Washington's field. It includes Dobbins and a few others. And there's a little dot for every person. And there's a little dot in the corner that says Jalen Hurts almost crushed to death. <laughs> well, there were about three people who landed on some poor photographer who was just there trying yeah. to take a picture of Hurts leaving the field. And he was fine. You can see like the after- afterwards some people help him up. But he had like three people land on top of him. It was crazy. Didn't someone pick up a rogue pair of scissors? Was that? I think that was at Washington, was it? Where there's just a, a pair of scissors in the middle of the field, while it's a, just between it's a snaps. Place, isn't it? It's I as I told you before, I was I was there. You know, the night after the Browns game that we spoke about earlier, and it doesn't nothing surprises me about what might be found on the field in Washington <laughs> or around the field. I mean, I don't know if I've told you about the tailgate. I don't know. If, Go on. I don't know. If sure. let's, have a, let's have a quick, well, a quick recap it. of the we, uh, Washington tailgate. Okay, I mean, we booked it uh, for the group, and it was uh, an organised tailgate aboard a party bus, um, which I think was called. It wasn't called Dab Bus, but it was something like that. And uh, so we got down there. We realised that from the metro, it was the direct opposite side of the stadium to where. Uh, we thought it was so we had to walk all the way around the stadium and then no one in landover security cares about where anywhere is or knows where anywhere is you have a map i mean i said literally it's here can you show me where and they're like no one knew so it took us about 15 minutes to find it and then the bus wasn't here apparently got stuck in traffic so it was about half an hour late 
for a prepaid three-hour tailgate that we paid for. So they rock up. They're like, hey, guys, sorry we're late. The traffic was crazy. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's, you know, it's five o'clock on a Monday around D.C. Did you not anticipate this? So I didn't say that because I thought they kicked the crap out of me. So, um, so then then ben, I was in I was in DC on that day, and it was deserted. It's the Monday yeah, after it Thanksgiving. It wasn't, it wasn't busy. It wasn't busy. I mean, we went and looked at the Capitol, and there was no one, you know, storming it. It was just really quiet. So, um, so we we went to so they they unload, um, and it becomes clear that it's very party uh, bus. They like to party, and. Uh, and they had a bar on board that we had to go, and it's, it, there was a distinctive odor <laughs> as you boarded, and, <laughs> they were, and they were doing shots at the back. So we're like, okay, well, let's partake. Um, not sure if these cups are clean, but okay, we'll have a drink. Um, and then they get the hardcore hip hop banging out on the uh, on on the decks. Um, it was meant to be catered with sort of um, a local flavor for every opponent. They'd literally bought buckets of chicken, and, and that was it. Uh, and oh, and they cooked a few burgers, and um, and then and then there's a squad car right next to the bus. So that was giving it this weird kind of um, sort of nineties rave effect to, to the to the tailgate uh, with, with this combined stuff. And then they and then they sort of give a shout out to the to the British the British fans that have come in, come and say something. So I'm like, okay, well, screw the cowboys. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's, um, but basically, there are some there are some post game shots that we got some pictures of that tailgate with some of the most just trippy looking photos inside this school bus of these kind of shocked looking Ravens fans that we had with us. Um, that 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 I think to be fair enjoyed the experience, but it was not something that I'd take my kids to. And uh, and they kind of, but that was probably the high point of the night because then we went into the, get, uh, the stadium and had to watch the the Washington team play. Ben, I'm not going to lie you. Lie, you lost me at We Like to Party. Because since then, all I've had in my head <laughs> is the Venga Boys. Me <laughs> too. <laughs> Especially with a bit of it bus. Not, <laughs> it was not the Venga Bus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Shane, you've got an injury to talk about that might not take us down a, a wormhole of the Washington tailgate. Yeah, I've picked an injury as well. And uh, it's not like we have a shortage to choose from, is it, for this one? So... Um, I picked the injury to to Marlon Humphrey. I mean, you, you could easily have picked one of the preseason ones. Could easily have picked Lamar. I think, particularly when we see what happened the rest of the season, losing Marlon Humphrey was such a big deal for that defense because you come to a game like, you know, admittedly the the Bengals beat the Ravens soundly both times, but that second game against the Bengals. There were just some guys playing defensive back. It was just some guys they found. Um, and I think Marlon Humphrey definitely would have helped there. I think Marlon Humphrey would have helped um, at somewhat against the Packers as well. Um, so the Ravens just, they, they just lost really their final defensive flexibility when Marlon Humphrey went out. Um, it was made worse by the fact that it was sort of this, it was this really kind of fluky injury that turned out I think the guy had already been touched down and Marlon didn't realize that grabbed out grabbed at him and and tore um his pectoral muscle just trying to to pull the guy down so it didn't even need to have happened it could easily not have happened um which just adds to the the general gloom of of what was going on with this season really but uh that was the low point for me that was the point at which I thought yeah, this team's going to be in deep trouble, not just with the remaining games of the season, but if they, at that point, I think we all thought they'll make the playoffs. It's just a question of what will happen when they get there. So I was thinking they would make the playoffs, but I thought it was going to be, that was going to be the point where it was going to be very hard to win anything in the playoffs once once Marlon went down as well. Yeah, like I said, at that point, we all felt like we needed one more win and that, that, win, that win just just never came. James, what do you have? I mean, if we want, if if you know, if you want me to go go with the same as everybody else, I mean, the the Ronnie Stanley injury was my uh, was a was a injury low point for me. I felt like uh, you know, it was obviously it wasn't a a new injury; it was a recurrence of an injury. But I've I've been recently been back and watched um, him in the game against Vegas, and it, you know, I defy anyone to watch that game who knows Ronnie Stanley and think that that was that was the Ronnie Stanley we all know. Uh, it was a shadow of himself. Um, I think he still had some of the things that he that he was really great at, um, and the things that have 
made him such a successful player over the over the years he's been in the league. His hands were great, but he just had no bend in his ankles. He had no leverage really, and it and it was and you know it was quite obvious from that game that he wasn't right. And then we it came out that he would was was out for the season, and that was a, a huge challenge for this team all year. Villanueva did did not have a very good season, and so the protection broke down regularly and i think that sort of encapsulated best by the 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 sort of game that i was going to go with as my as my low point which was the miami game which was when it just felt like the wheels came off the offense a little bit and they never i don't think they ever really recovered from that game you know there there was a a little bit of a blueprint out there that that brian flores put out there and um with that game and and they never really came back from it they never really had an answer for for a lot of the things that miami to them and so it you know it was that game really that was the that feels now looking back on it as, as painful as it was at the time when it was disappointing it feels now looking back on it that was a bit of a um a, a turning point in the season yeah. the, the ronnie the ronnie injury um is pro is maybe something we we could have seen coming i went back i talked about the dobbins injury as my low point i went back and and watched that god god knows why i wanted to make sure i had it i had it right but I wasn't even looking at, at Dobbins. I watched Ronnie Stanley. All the all the starters were in for that play. Ronnie Stanley at left tackle doesn't even lay a hand on the guy he's blocking. And I don't think Washington had their starters in the game. It was a second or third stringer who just goes straight past Ronnie Stanley. And um, I, I think a few people missed that. Obviously, the, the Ravens coaching staff missed it, how, how bad he was, how badly hurt he was early in the season. He, he's it's even to his stance you don't watch the vegas game like if you watch him back he's he's very you know he's in he, previous years he's very quick into his he's in his stance and it's just normal but in the vegas game he's like he's like forcing himself down in his stance up until the very last second he's just adjusting himself he just wasn't he wasn't comfortable like you say and he just he did not look himself in that game and, and obviously in the preseason games as well and that they do. He he's the biggest headache of the off season. They they need him. They need him back because you know if Marlon Humphrey comes like Marlon Humphrey doesn't come back straight away, or there's there's some complications to his injury. There are other corners on this on this roster that are, are good. That that we d the Ravens do not have another left tackle on the roster currently. Okay, sure. We're going to get deep into that in. The off season, my lows again. I've gone by date, so I cast a little bit of a wider net to you guys. So my first low was the twelve days from the twenty eighth of August, which covers J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, and Marcus Peters. That twelve day period is when we went from on the podcast thinking we're going to have another deep playoff run to I think I said I think I said on the the following podcast that week does this team make the playoffs now and it it turns out that we didn't now you could add another 5 days onto that to make it 17 days which would take you to the 14th of September which would then include Ronnie Stanley leaving the Raiders game and the late overtime loss to the Raiders so that 12 to 17 days to start the season where we went from a preseason predictions of this team's going to be awesome to everyone's expectations going through the floor. And we then, as we discussed in the highs, went through this strange 11 a week period where all of a sudden we're somehow still eight or three and atop of the AFC and we're wondering how on earth we've done it. But that's to me the lowest point of the season. All that expectation and all that off season, and starting the podcast and talking about what we thought was going to happen for the, for those three weeks to to happen was crushing. Um, a few other dates I've got: 9th of January two thousand twenty-two, letting Big Ben beat us in his last game, regular season game was just so poor. I've got the 2nd of January 22 with a late loss to the Rams, a game which we, as Ian predicted, we, we should have won and it was there for the taking and none other than our old pal Odell Beckham Jr. comes back in the fourth quarter and, and puts the nails in the Ravens' coffin. 16th of November, anyone got anything that what happened on the 16th of November? Come on Ian, I'm, I'm disappointed in you there. In me? Yeah, the Ravens cut Le'Veon Bell on the oh, 16th yeah. of November. 
back the wrong horse. Low point. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> just a moment of silence um, for the untimely death of James's matchup to watch segment. <laughs> <laughs> that lasted about seven to eight weeks and then sort of he had a few weeks off and we all started forgetting about it and never to be we, seen again that was a low point we've had, we've had a few of those haven't we Ni- nigel warrior was our sort of uk raven of the, yeah. of the whatever and that lasted a week and we never went back to that segment so in the bin yeah what happened to nigel warrior he got cut in the next week he played for seahawks I think he did. I think he might have cut him again, but um, yeah, that was basically we decided that that when we allocated someone a UK Raven mascot, they were going to be cut fairly soon after. So we probably should stop doing it. I can't wait for another season of podcast. Then we can maybe do like our top five podcast segments that died a death within <laughs> three to four weeks. <laughs> Shane Blitz of the Week. It was just of the one week, though. It was just of that week. Right. Well, right. I'd, I'd encourage anyone to go back and listen to that because it was so, so beautifully put. We'll write, we'll write these down and we'll put them in the, the ideas bin for, for next season. Okay. A little bit of, I wouldn't call it news, but we should probably mention it. Jags confirm a game at Wembley, which brings Ravens Jags that one step closer. Keep your eyes peeled. Do we know when the international games get announced? Anyone quickly? They've moved it about. They used to do it Super Bowl weekend. Um, they used to announce them, and then it's been obviously there weren't any in twenty twenty. I can't remember when they last did it. They've it got moved to when they announced the schedule, so they weren't announcing them until the schedule as a whole. Yeah, James, what's um, Cole Jackson been up to this week? Let's <laughs> <laughs> not let this, got, let's has, not this segment die off. <laughs> he, he has been doing some good film rooms. You go yeah. and watch, um, but let's let's not make that a regular segment. <laughs> Okay, well, let's get out of here. We've gone for over an hour in our first off-season podcast where we were worried we might struggle for something to talk about and we've we've gone for north of an hour. So we will be back next Thursday, which will be the 27th of January by my calculations. Ian, I've got a little job for you this week. Could you try and get us a really good guest for next week? I will do my try absolute best. Very best. See if we can get... We haven't had a really good guest like a... A, re- a really, really good one. Yeah, if you can try and get us a good guest for next a week. big, big guest. Okay, uh, I'm on it. Okay, you can do that. And we will also, as well as interviewing our big guest that Ian's going to go out and find us, we'll catch up with any late and breaking Ravens news. We're also going to go through the UK Ravens Awards. Shane, are you... In terms of releasing them, are they going to be out over Twitter on the weekend and then we'll just sort of analyse them after? Yes, that's going to be the plan. Excellent. So you're about to get ahead of the podcast by checking them out over Twitter over the weekend and then we'll break down them on the podcast next week when on the 27th. So, until next week... Oh, I haven't done my involved with the show. If you want to be involved with the show, as always, please email ukravenshow at gmail.com and until next week, let's go off-season. Thank you for listening to the UK Ravens podcast. This podcast is created, hosted and produced by members of the UK Ravens. Join the community on social media at UK Ravens and facebook.com forward slash UK Ravens. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the UK Ravens podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. To be involved with the show, email us at ukravenshow at gmail.com. For more info, links, and to stay up to date, visit www.ukravens.com. They like to party. They like. They like to party. They like to party. They like. They like to party. They like to party. They like. They like to party. They like to party. They like to party. They like to party. They like to party.